Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm Blake Oliver. I'm David Leary. And we've got a bonus episode for you, a bonus interview with the folks responsible for AI at RightWorks. We've got TJ Lewis, innovation strategist within RightWorks Labs. Hey, TJ. Hey, Blake. How's it going? Hey, David. Good to be here. Great to have you. And we've got Aaron Van Ruler, innovation strategist and AI team lead. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Blake. Hey, David. TJ. Hey. <laughs> Good to see you. So uh, very excited to have you here because one of our listeners tagged us on Twitter and pointed out this product that you have created called Spark. And it's like AI uh, created for accountants. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, on your website, the headline is ChatGPT purpose-built for accounting. So my first question to you is, like, how is this different than ChatGPT? How have you purpose-built it for accounting? And uh, TJ, I'll let you... Yeah, Sorry. yeah, good. So, uh, you know, I'm glad you got the the message there clearly on the website. We are definitely trying to, uh, to some degree, kind of hold on to the chat GPT uh, tales there in, in describing this. It is really kind of what we're after, right, is to, is to sort of say it is chat GPT purpose built for accounting. And what that means to us is, you know, there's a lot a lot of good stuff that chat GPT brings to the table and other tools like um, Bard and Claude. Um we believe that the general tools are great, but there's a lot more that we can do to address specific needs um, that accounting professionals have. And so, you know, the first thing that we uh, that we want to call out uh, a differentiator is uh, we are free currently. Um, so right now you have to pay to get the most uh, updated model within ChatGPT, um, and we're offering that for free. Um, so that's that's a big way. And then, as I mentioned, some of the purpose built for accounting tools that we have uh, that we've made available are things um, like assistance. And we've got these things called sparks, all in the interest of sort of um, trying to short circuit the 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 skill set learning expertise that somebody might have to uh, to engage in to to learn prompt engineering, for example, that's a that's a kind of buzzword that everybody has to has to get familiar with. Right. So we're trying to build tools to sort of keep people from having to learn an entire new skill set where we can uh, create tools for them. So the number one concern about AI and chatbots in accounting is data security, data privacy. I was just listening to a Journal of Accountancy podcast and Barry Melanson was on there talking about how the biggest concern is that when you put something into ChatGPT, it's now in the public domain. So uh, how, do, how do you, how does Spark uh, address that concern? Like, should I Am I okay to put client confidential data into Spark? Am I okay to use it on like financial statements and bank statements and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I would say uh, I have a couple thoughts, and Aaron, Aaron, feel free to jump in here as yeah. well. But a uh, couple thoughts is first of all, we are using the AI uh, API for from OpenAI, and so the differentiator there is uh, when using the API, the the information that we send over to them and that they send back does not get pulled into their larger language model. Um, so anything, any tools using the API does not get as a part of their agreement with us and, and how we use it. Uh, it does not get pulled in. That said, I would say one of the things that I like to um, just sort of an educational moment when I'm on with people and we're building out tools and resources right now to to sort of address this as well. I think there's two best practices that, that we have to kind of acknowledge and, and live by here. And one of those is, despite the fact that what I just said is your information is not going to go into the model, that's using Spark. And so one of the things that we say is a best practice is don't put in any more information than needed to get the answer that you're after, right? Because 
you and your staff are going to inevitably use other tools and we want to groove good habits. And so we don't know what those other tools are going to offer and, and how they're going to interact with whichever model they're choosing to use. Um, and so for us, while I believe your information is, is safe and, and you can feel confident in putting in anything in there that's not going to end up in the model, that may not be the case wherever you go. Um, and then the other piece of that is just, uh, I think, speaking to, to the accuracy, and this is sort of maybe not exactly in the question you asked, but um, the other best practice that we sort of um, like to educate folks in is it's always good to validate. Everything is a risk assessment uh, with every prompt. You know, if I'm, if I'm uh, planning a trip to, to Europe next summer, if something is wrong, no big deal. You know, but if you're educating or you're, you're advising your clients uh, on tax planning strategies or other things where, where there may be a little bit more at stake, um, you want to validate your information, verify, verify that the information is correct. Okay, so to make sure I understand how it works properly, you have built an app that, is it fair to say it layers on top of ChatGPT in that when I put in a prompt, it's going to OpenAI, it's going to ChatGPT, and the large language model is, is being used there. But the difference is that the data that I provide to Spark because you're a customer of their API, the terms are different. And so that data, that prompt that I put in is not saved in the language model. It's not used to train the ChatGPT LLM. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly right. Yep. So, so I can rest assured that as long as they're honoring their terms of service, which we assume they are, that, mm -hmm. that my, if I do put client data or something to do with clients into Spark, it is not getting saved on servers over at uh, OpenAI. That's right. That's okay. Right. Well, that's pretty cool. And it's free to use. It's free to use. Yeah. And I want to circle back on the purpose built part. So a couple of the ways that we're doing that is we have this um, prompt library, which are a bunch of sort of like accounting related questions. And so we found that a lot of people are in this use case of um, help me learn and explore. Like, I know this is a tool I should, or I know AI is a thing I should be getting familiar with. And so, you know, they're not doing a bunch of advanced client data analysis or anything like that. They're just like, what happens when I put something in a box, in a prompt box? And so we've provided, you know, a bunch of like accounting related prompts to help that out. Okay. Uh, so um, give me an example. What would be an accounting related prompt? Yeah. Um, so tell me about the, the 529 plan. And so this is an area where it could be, you know, I guess, um, I don't have a great example. If you click that browse prompts right there in the bottom of the prompt box. Okay, browse prompts. So I'm I'm in Spark right now. Exactly. Exactly. And I am going to click on browse prompts. And then click on prompt ideas. Okay. Yep. Now and I see I see on varies. the left hand side yep. I've got some categories. And on the exactly. right side I've got some prompts. Exactly. Yeah. And so this, you know, um, this actually kind of ties into that data and privacy piece. So as you can imagine, like we are able to see anonymous data of some of the types of questions people are submitting and what is common that people would want to know like in the accounting space. And because we've been, you know, have about 1500 users and 30,000 prompts that have kind of flown through here, uh, we can see like, these are kind of some common types of questions people are asking. And so we want to help people get past that barrier of what do I do with AI and how do yeah. I how do I actually get farther? And so these are some examples of things that we've seen. And these are and some I, pretty cool examples yeah. here, like very specific. Yes, explain, yeah. here's one, explain Utah's enterprise zone tax credit. Can I give this a try? Of course. Can yeah, I so try hit this? The use, hit the use. You might have to clear, yeah. Oh, you know what I'm going to uh, do? I'm going to start a new prompt. Yeah. So A new question. Here we go. Exactly. Okay, new question. And 
Oh, before I ask the question, I also see that I have this chatting with firm owner icon here, and it says next to that, choose an assistant. And I can choose firm owner, client relations, HR, marketing. What is this? That's one of those things that we, uh, so as I mentioned, we're trying to remove that prompt engineering piece. So you've heard, and and I know I've I've sat sat through your class, Blake, uh, at QB Connect, but often when people discuss this, it's you have to give the the chatbot the context. So you are a blank expert in et cetera, et cetera, right? And so basically the idea behind these assistants, very much like GPTs, if you're familiar with chat GPTs, GPTs. Yeah. Um, And I, I just find it uh, interesting how often we have to say the word GPT these days. Um, but anyway, so uh, so firm owner you here, know, we've defined as uh, you know an expert in, in accounting, bookkeeping, payroll, et cetera, and we've given it some personality and, and things like that. So when you're asking a question, you're you're narrowing the focus of the large language model into things that this firm owner understands. Um, so so that's kind of the idea behind the assistant or marketing or client relations. Those are the ones that we've built out, and we can also show you how to make your own here in a minute if you want. So fun fact about the word uh, ChatGPT or the term ChatGPT in French, it means it's pronounced "chat GPT," which means "Kitty, I have farted." <laughs> so just imagine nice. if you lived in France oh. and you're talking about ChatGPT all day long. You're talking about a cat that farted. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but that's that's beside the point, David. I think you had something you yeah, wanted so, to add. Yeah. So I just like I think this is beyond like. Uh, it's an interface. I would not, after I played around with this, I don't feel like it's an interface for ChatGPT. It's like a wrapper. Like you've safely made a comfortable place because Blake and I will do every podcast and we talk about go to this chat tool and use this chat tool and this chat tool. When I just have one that has Dolly built in, it looks like mm-hmm. ChatGPT is built in. I can have, um, it's almost like a wrapper. I can add internal docs. I can have some wizards. I can create, you call them assistants, where I can create personalities or whatever that are going to respond with some guardrails, right? And so I think that's a better way to think about it. It's not just like a box to ChatGPT. It's a wrapper that, especially for this industry, it's like the four of us all play with this stuff, but most people have it. Mm -hmm. And this feels like a a comforting way to tiptoe into the waters without having Mm -hmm. to set up logins on five different sites to play with five different AI tools. So now let's play with it 100%. I, I want to do this prompt. So I'm going to chat with the firm owner. That seems like the best fit because, so this is, it's the firm owner. It's like, it's like what job I want to get done. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that another way to think of it? Yep. Okay. So yeah. I'm a, I'm going to do firm owner for now. And I'm going to say, explain Utah's enterprise zone credit, zone tax credit from the prompt ideas. I'll hit use, just copies and pastes it in. And I hit ask. And now I assume this has gone through the API to chat GPT. It's come back real fast. And we get a answer. The Enterprise Zone Tax Credit is a program designed to stimulate economic development by encouraging businesses to locate and expand in designated economically challenged areas in Utah. The aim is to create jobs and promote investment in these areas known as Enterprise Zones. And then we've got a list of key features. Uh, we've got three bullet points there. We've got bullet points on eligibility, how to apply, limitations and expiration for more information, sources. That's a pretty pretty decent answer there. Like, I mean, I guess I could have done this all in ChatGPT, but I would have had to give it all the context of who I am and what I want to achieve. Right. And then I would have asked the question. So you've just saved me a bunch of time. Mm-hmm. That's what we're hoping. Yeah. And the, the thought there is that, um, you know, if you have a lot of questions that you ask over and over, well, the bigger thought there is actually uh, the second use case. So we had the one use case of, 
help me learn and explore. First, just let me get familiar with uh, using an AI tool. The second one is help me expand my expertise. And so we have this like, you know, vision of firm owner, five staff. Every time the firm owner goes into a phone call, he comes out and he gets five, a stack of five pieces of paper that says, call back these people. What if we could empower, you know, the admin or the junior staff to actually get 80% of the way on the questions by asking, in this case, the assistant was the firm owner, ask the firm owner how they would think about this thing. And then can they get really further faster than having to answer all these questions repeatedly over and over and over? And so, you know, a bigger vision even of, and, you know, thinking of you guys in your podcast is specifically, can we save firms millions of hours and help them build a virtual team of experts? And so- yeah. like, the firm owner, the marketing person, the HR person, the PR person, the lawyer down the street, whatever it might be, and then empower the whole staff to be able to answer a lot of these questions, or at least get 80% of the way there. And this this specific example would, would help that with that. Like, let's say I'm a staff and I'm a staff accountant and a client emails me saying, hey, I heard about this uh, enterprise zone tax credit from my buddy you know, mm -hmm. playing golf with him, right? Like, tell yep. you know, normally that staff would have had to forward that email to the partner who would have had to do everything. Now, the staff accountant can ask some questions yep. and like get an idea. Maybe they could even do all the research themselves. Who knows? Sure. Yeah. Right. I think uh, that's I think amazing. Just taking this sort of the one step further, and I I, and, uh, I know you all know this, but the the next step here is so you've got the information and now it is okay now write this up in an email right or create a blog post about this that i can share on my website mm. right or i've already got the information i've yeah. edited it i've validated it i've got the the links i can go make sure that it that it is actually accurate now i can just say okay with the information you just gave me package this up in a different way that i can just copy paste over into my email program and that's where that marketing rule comes in, because you could say, package this up, and then the marketing person is going to roll it in. That profile will turn it into a blog post, essentially, or mm -hmm. provide an image for it, right? Sure. You could certainly do that, yeah. In this case, you would have to, you'd have to switch over into the marketing, but you can, you know, you can take it from here and just say, draft an email, just like Blake's doing, so. so. I could say, draft an email to my clients about this program, asking them to contact me if they think they might qualify. Let's but, see. Let's see if that. But you don't want the firm owner to draft the email. You want to change the marketing personality and have them write the email, Blake. <laughs> That's change, true. Change. I don't know if I can flip it in mid conversation. So we're just oh, gonna okay. we're just gonna hope that the firm owner has some decent some uh, business skills. development skills, as they probably should. If they made <laughs> they partner, should, yeah. you know, they should know yeah. how to do a little bit of business development. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Dear valued client, I hope this email finds you well. As part of our ongoing commitment to support the growth and financial health of your business, I wanted to bring to your attention a beneficial tax incentive program offered by the state of Utah, the Enterprise Zone Tax Credit. And then there's sections. What is the Enterprise Zone Tax Credit? We got information in there. Are you eligible? We got a paragraph in there. We're happy to help you navigate through them. Next steps. It's got a call to action. I mean, this is great. We just did some business development here. Sure. Or, or prospecting yeah, at absolutely. least, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Um, wow. So so there's another feature in here that I wanted to uh, ask you about, which is the ability to add your own content to Spark. So mm -hmm. you suggest call transcripts, IRS publications, articles, PDFs, your employee handbook. What's What's the reason to upload stuff into Spark? Yeah, I can take that one. So the general idea here is that the large language model, you know, is trained on all of the web data. And when you ask a question, sort of, you know, the technical side, the GPT side is just sort of like creating a response based on what it thinks is best answered. 
using the content library, you could upload, let's say, five transcripts that you've had with a client over the last year. And then now when you ask a question, it only is asking, you know, using natural language processing of AI, only asking that specific content. And so uh, you've heard prompt engineering. The other side of this would be called context stuffing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're just taking your existing content and asking questions there and getting a response back. So a common thing could be like, did we have any goals set aside for Q1 of 2023? And if we've had five transcripts in there that you know could each be however long, um, it'll come back with a response based on uh, what you added there. And I can add resources as URLs or I can upload text yeah, so right now it's you can fetch from a link. So yeah. uh, the idea here would be an article from somewhere or multiple articles or upload, you know, like have a PDF, copy and paste all the text out of it and put it in yep. there or just copy and paste a call transcript. And so one of the examples you had on your website was Employee Handbook. I could take mm-hmm. my firm's Employee Handbook, upload it in here and create a chat bot that my employees could chat with to get information rather than having to dig through the whole PDF. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So... This is interesting to me because one of the uh, – if, like, if you click, I was going to tell you to click there. The very first box under the sparks, the sparks are these ideas, right? And one of them is to categorize and describe transactions. And I'm thinking – and this is what's fascinating about this versus like other AI tools is you guys have other software, right? Works has other software. One of those tools is a trans- – it's actually literally called Transaction Pro Importer, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking like, oh, I could upload a dump of transactions into the content library and then utilize this to process them or categorize them. And then you have the technology here in your wheelhouse to use Transaction Pro Importer to shove that into QuickBooks if you wanted to. It really ties that mm. last mile, which for a lot of people with the AI stuff, great, now you have it. Now you got to still get it out as a CSV file. And I find, I find it very fascinating. Are you guys thinking about ways to integrate this into the bigger RightWorks world? Yeah, of course. Of course we are. And right now that's like, there's a roadmap future things um, for sure. And like, how do we, how do we play together? And um, you know, who, what does that look like? But yeah, uh, the example use case would be, we had somebody, I, I'm onboarding a new client. They came to me with 12 months of PDFs of bank transactions. I need to get that, whatever. They're doing this tedious thing through chat GPT. Now we can help them get the transactions out quicker, at least in table format. And then mm-hmm. how do they, what is it, it's the next step that they, they do with that table format here. So, and that's table format in the GPT world. Not, we're not like sending back a CSV yet. Um, but that is, uh, kind of the, that workflow, if you want to mm-hmm. call it that. But I mean, you can take that and copy paste that table into a yeah, cell. Exactly. You can create the CSV. Yeah. 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 A few manual steps, but, yep. uh, pretty amazing that, Chatbots have replaced an entire category of OCR software. Yeah, yeah. Started in like a year. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's amazing. We I, we can only imagine what's next, um, or maybe we can't. <laughs> I just want to highlight some of the other sparks here before we move on. A few other examples. Create bio. You can use Spark to create a personal bio for any of your media channels. Spark will ask a series of questions to get the information required to write your bio. So that's a great example where you would have to go find a series of prompts online that somebody's created and then copy and paste those one by one into ChatGPT to do that effectively. You've built that flow That's right. already. Yep. Create a blogger's social post. It will guide you through creation of content. Create a job posting, researching a topic, 
Responding to an IRS notice. I like that one the most. Uh, I actually used ChatGPT to respond to an IRS notice for our podcast when we got a late, late nice. fine, late filing penalty. Uh, and it worked great. It wrote the most professional letter I've ever written in my life. Um, I, I'm curious, um, who's using this tool right now? You said it's free, so you must have quite a few firms testing it out and using it. Like, Do you have any... Uh, any examples that you can share? Uh, yeah. So just in terms of metrics, we're, uh, I don't know what the latest to date is, but we're over 350 uh, unique firms are using it. We've got, uh, we're pushing 1500 users across those firms. And, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about a lot of people are exploring. So we've, we've noticed, you know, we kind of keep an eye on our firms and our users. And we've noticed several firms that I'm familiar with still haven't They've not gone all the way into their firm, right? There's still a couple of people within the firm trying to figure out how to use it. But yeah, so mm -hmm. so we're uh, uh, sorry, I've forgotten the the original question there. What, what was your actual question? I was just like, who's using? Yeah, who's using this tool? And you said it's a uh, yeah. few hundred firms, fifteen hundred users. Like that's pretty great. And when did you launch this? So we've kind of soft launched early, early uh, twenty three back in March, April, just within a. So you mm -hmm. know, Rootworks uh, is one of the one of the product lines we have. So we we launched it within the Rootworks um, membership, got some feedback, and then we went a little bit more public with it in May. Um, to get some more some more folks outside of that, and then again, right before QB Connect, I would say is when we started going a little bit more public and, and trying to get some more folks in there. But yeah, and, and in terms of user roles, cool. we're seeing kind of running the gamut. I was actually just on a call today with somebody from a, uh, a top 100 firm. Their marketing person was was in there and, and using it. You know, so um, so we definitely it runs the gamut mm -hmm. from firm owners, staff, tax prep, uh, tax preparers, and and marketing folks, etc. So. Can I during, make my? Oh, okay. Sorry, David. Go ahead. I was say, during the development process of this over the last last uh, year, basically mm -hmm. it was pretty quick. Uh, have you worked or got been in contact with any of like the big four, or the top ten accounting firms that every week announced they're building something? It sounds like something like this internally, but did you see anybody else's? Did you just do this blindly? Um, obviously, this is for all the other firms, not just you know, but firms that can't build it on their own. But uh, mm -hmm. tell us about that that journey with the other firms. Yeah, so I, I can take a stab at that. And TJ's um, the one who's spoken to you know tons of our users, so I've probably had talked to over a hundred different customers across a lot of different firms. And so a lot of our input has been talking with actual firms and getting understand their usage. So the short answer is no, we haven't talked to Big Four or seen anything else that they're doing. We're obviously really keeping a close eye on things that are happening. Like we know BDO has a solution out there. We know Bloomberg launched their GPT. We know these like custom fine-tuned things that are across, you know, Big Four, but also just large enterprise systems. And so, um, and then, yeah, we play around with all the tools that are out there to see what's available, what are the user experiences, what kind of answers do they get back? And so, um, yeah, mostly it's been uh, sort of, bootstrapped from the ground up, talking with as many customers as we can, or in our case, users as we can across different firms. So yeah, and TJ's example there, yeah, we have, you know, the five person firm, the 20 person firm, the top two, top 100 firms. Uh, so hopefully hearing a lot of different input and, and real use cases. And so building to those things versus just like what we think might be a good idea. So it's free right now. But mm -hmm. I can't imagine that it can stay free forever because you're paying OpenAI to use their language model, and uh, they they charge people for that. So I assume mm -hmm. it can't be free. So, like, how long will this last? 
Yeah, that, that is a great question. And that's like for sure something that we're exploring and trying to understand, you know, like what is, um, what is valuable to the user? What is valuable to the business? How do those things, um, meet? What does the market sort of look like in, in this sense? Uh, you know, uh, on the enterprise side, OpenAI has, a you know, I think $30 a month for a hundred. I think it's, yeah. It's, let me just so get we these inquired, two things, right? So this is maybe out yeah, of date, so, but it was like 60 bucks a month, minimum of a hundred and I don't remember how many users. It was like a hundred thousand dollar engagement annually. Right. So that's like 150 yeah, users. So, yeah. so that's what you're, we're comparing to it to some degree. Um, also chat GPT mm-hmm. plus for and 20 this, bucks a month, but, uh, sorry, go ahead. Here. Yeah. Wait, sorry. What was it on so, the enterprise side? So OpenAI Enterprise is $30 a month, minimum of 150 users for an enterprise agreement. And then Copilot, or I got that wrong, 60 bucks a month, 150 users. Okay. MS Copilot. For um, each which user, we, right. $60 a month? Ex- yes, exactly. Okay. And then the only reason I know these numbers is because they're they're yeah. identical with different numbers. So Copilot is $300 or $30 a month with a 300 person minimum. They both okay. equate to about $108,000 a year. And so that's even like one of our use cases, like, can we build some of the same enterprise features? So like OpenAI, you know, their custom GPTs are shareable in their enterprise plan. Um, so can we build some of those same enterprise features at like a small firm that is accessible to right. the small firm? So. But it sounds it sounds like, right, uh, the cost, you know, 30 to $60 a month yeah. per user. I feel like if this tool were used on a daily basis by staff in firms, it would save them a ton of time yeah. and partners too, even everybody like it would be well, it could be well worth the cost sure. if it was yeah. implemented properly. Cause that, yeah. to me paying $20 a month for chat GPT is like a no brainer. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you can layer on some of those other efficiencies, like I'd, I'd pay more. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> willingness to pay a research conversation, Blake, what would, <laughs> what would you pay in a firm setting? You know, not just as an individual user, but what do you think a firm? firm oh, that's pay? a good question. Um, well, the way firms like to think about things is in terms of time, right? So the yep. question is how much time could you save each staff person? Let's say every week, if yep. they save uh, an hour a day using chat GPT, that's five hours a week. Uh, you know, we could be talking like hundreds of hours a year. Yeah. So, you know, what's the, what's the marginal difference on the, on the labor cost, right? How much mm-hmm. more work could we take on? How much more value could we create? Like I th- the numbers are actually humongous Yeah. in terms of value. Yeah. So. We, we did a little back of the ma- napkin math. And so BDO said that you could save seven minutes per prompt and each prompt or each prompt could be, you know, have three, three prompts in a thread. Right. So essentially if a five-person firm, each person had three threads per day, that equivalent equates to about one new full-time employee per week. So, three, five people, three prompts, or three threads. Don't don't uh, check out a full-time that, employee. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't check your well, math on that. Yeah. I mean, it's the with the math when you're talking about like time savings, it's always very difficult because in yeah. reality, it doesn't work out that way, right? We, sure. we don't actually like save a specific minutes every day. Yep. What I like to think about it is um, in terms of just like up-leveling my people, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I have like junior staff who can basically act like senior staff and get mm-hmm. years of experience instantly because now they have access right. to the, the brain of open AI, then th- I can charge more yeah. for them, right? They can have a yeah. higher billable rate. Um, immediately, or they can make it to higher levels in the firm faster and be more valuable to our clients. So that's another way to think about it, right? Yeah. What if I, yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, the, the value conversation is always fascinating and very Definitely. difficult. Yeah, we pulled a couple <laughs> exactly. of specific tech. Yeah. And I think oh, the one thing that I think is valuable is the data, right? Like if, right now, nobody has access to like store their data per se. But mm -hmm. I think Writeworks, by default, builds siloed out computer systems. So <laughs> in theory, I could have data hosted by Write Networks in a nice secure siloed container that only my uh, Spark AI tool would access. Like, so it, this is really exciting to me thinking about how this, at first when Blake told me about this, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And now the more I'm thinking about it, like this makes a lot of sense for Writeworks yeah. to build something like this. Mm -hmm. like, and, and you could charge for that, that security layer. Right or that yeah, layer absolutely, of, and and I think you you nailed it, David. Uh, right, which is data, the opportunity there is is huge. We're still, I mean, along with the rest of the world, uh, you know, trying to figure out what are the capabilities, what's the value proposition here, where to Blake to your point, where is this going to save me time or up level or upskill my employees, and then what are the other apps and and key components of that that we need to to either plug into or add on top of that, and what of that do we do we have. Uh, you know, first party access to within Rightworks and what are we going to have to develop partnerships down the road for? So, Well, TJ and Aaron, it has been wonderful to talk to you and learn more about Spark and Rightworks. Where can our listeners go to get access to this free tool while it's free? Yeah. So anybody can go to ai.rightworks.com and uh, like your screen, you're logged in. So it has a log out button up there, but a big register button in the top right or that big get started button in the main hero spot there and sign up for account. And then, um, you know, we didn't get to this, but like some of the things on our future roadmap are uh, trying to make this really like multiplayer team collaboration. And so you can invite other uh, members from your team into the same account. And then as oh, we release uh, new yeah. team features, you'll be able to share some of the stuff that you're doing inside of Spark with, oh, with each other. I would love that. Currently, my operations manager does a ton of research and work in Claude. And she can't share any of those threads with me. She has to mm -hmm. copy paste into a Google Doc for me to see anything or screenshot it. And it would be awesome if she could just share the yeah. thread, share mm -hmm. the chat. Mm -hmm. um, I love that idea. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> we love it too. <laughs> David looks very pensive. I feel like you have no, something to I, say. No, uh, the wheels are, are, are turning. It's very, um, <laughs> I, 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 in hindsight now, like if you think about our, AI experience. I've had to use like 50 different tools. Every time I turn around, some of the browser tab, sign in, and the for somebody to ease in with one tool, and it has images here, and it does this, and I can set the profiles, and it's really congratulations. You guys have really built that, and I'm seeing the vision of what you're trying yeah. to build. Yeah, congratulations. Cool. It makes a lot of sense. And I just want Thank our you. listeners to know, like, in case it isn't clear, like, this is not a sponsored episode. Like, we right Rightworks did not ask us to do this. We were just curious about Spark, so. Uh, Guys, congratulations on building a tool that piqued our interest and got us excited Absolutely. again. Thank about you guys for, yeah, and thanks for having us on and everything that you guys are doing too. Uh, we learn a ton from the work that you guys are doing, so uh, really happy to be just get to meet you and be a part of the conversation. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, guys. <laughs>